podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, wasn't that a Boxing Day Bonanza title challenge clash? 4-0 Liverpool. You know what? Don't even bother. Don't even start. So easy for the Reds. You know, they had to make us wait all day to watch the Reds, but well worth it. It's late here. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the live Nina Casa show. We are on Discord as well. Um, And joining me on this podcast, oh my God, I'm a little bit everywhere because that was just so easy and so relaxed. I have two incredible guests. We're going to talk about the game. I have some amazing callers lined up as well and hopefully some questions. I'm sure Gags will be dropping in and out as well because we all know he gets a little excited when the Reds are hot fire. So you know what? Without further ado, let me introduce my guest to you. First up, it's a familiar voice on AI AI, and certainly on the Nina Casa show. He is... um, a podcaster and a contributor on the AI USA podcast. It's an honor to introduce Kev Hegarty. Kev, how are you doing? And now you're going to believe us? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm great. That was awesome. Um, I'm happy to be here. It's, it's been a while, but this is the, this is the boxing day tradition where I joined the Nina Kaiser show. Always is, always is. And you know, um, uh, always is. Yeah. Uh, Some people like to go sail shopping. Kev likes to join me and talk about football. <laughs> we do things here. And you know what? I'm quite excited because, first of all, it's a great game to discuss. But I have a brand new voice on the Nina Kaz show. Unfortunately, it isn't Minamino. He was a bit tied up, focusing on his um, new career at Liverpool Football Club. It's um, it's a, it's a writer on AI and it's he's making his debut on Anfield Index. So please give a warm welcome. And I'm really intrigued to hear his opinions. It is Reese Chambers, AI guest writer. Welcome to the show, Reese. Hello, Nina. How are you doing? Well, about that, I, I don't quite know where to start with that game, but 4-0, perfect win. And I think to date, the most complete performance I've seen probably other than Barcelona at Anfield. Just oh, you, you know, you're lucky, sad. Yeah, put it out there. Put it out there. Yeah, <laughs> incredible stuff. I mean, awesome, awesome. So, you know what, guys? We have callers. So, let's get straight to them. First up, it's somebody that is probably making his way back from the game. My my ears, my eyes. It is Harinda Baji. Welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> Baji. The Reds are top of the league. <laughs> the Reds are top of the league. Oh, what a night. What a night. And you know what? Sorry, Brendan, your lads showed no character today. And it was okay. <laughs> it was okay they showed no character because we showed okay. fucking abundance. Absolute abundance. My question is very simple. I have seen Liverpool title runs for quite a long time, home and away. I have seen those season-defining moments that people talk about, such as Fulham away, and also Leicester at home, and West Ham away last season, where we were nervy and jittery, and we weren't quite sure. This was something different. 
this was something different. And I put it out there that beforehand I said, I'll think about it in February. I'm thinking about it now. Is this that season-defining moment, people? Because we have just destroyed the team at their own patch, their own manner. We have dispatched of them without them having a single shot on target. Liverpool have destroyed Leicester. Is it now? Is it now, people? Simple question. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go to the newbie on AI. So I'm going to come to him first. I know very <laughs> well about him. So I'm, I'm trying to scout you out here, Reese. Come on then, yeah. talk to me. Leicester City, Liverpool's, you know, title contenders, you know, th- this is it. You know, this was the showdown. So easy. Look at Harinda. You know, I don't think he worked his abs out in this game. It was just so easy. Not a shot on target. Talk to me. We've seen Liverpool have so many title challenges. I don't know how old you are. I mean, the 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 one that I remember, the first one that I honestly remember was under Rafa Benitez. I've already kind of remembered three in my lifetime, my existence of being a Liverpool fan. So talk to me. Yeah, so that's me too. I'm 21. So yeah, the 0809 season was my first proper one. Um, I just want to put it out there. I'm a little older than you, Reese, but Liverpool have been pretty <laughs> dreadful before that. <laughs> no, definitely. But um, is this now? I. It's so hard, isn't it? Like you say, having been let down so many times before with uh, title challenges, it's it's easy to stay guarded and to not believe until it's actually happened. And I think for me, that will be the case. If it was any other team in this title race, I think you'd be thinking, oh, surely it's theirs now. If Man City were in this position and we were in their position, I think we'd just probably put our hands put our hands up and say, you've won the league. So I think it's very easy to get carried away with it, um, as most Liverpool fans probably do. And rightfully so as well. They should really enjoy the moment. But for me, I'll be taking it a game at a time, just like I have for the first half of the season and there's still 18 games to go so we'll see where it goes from here I love that you answered that in such a diplomatic fashion and (laughs) what about yourself I mean you know there's a really really healthy point gap you know you, you look at all the other teams that are kind of playing football and you know the lack of quality you see so many like musical chairs with managers as well everyone looks quite uneasy unsettled I mean, Man for me, Man City were always the title rivals. They still are. And, you know, yeah. I think guys will come in at some point and will, you know, have some things to say about Brendan Rodgers and Leicester City. I'm, I'm, I'm counting on it. Talk to me. <laughs> I mean, where are you? Where are you? I mean, Harinda's like, you know, I'm excited now. So talk to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... I, I, they just... We have more... We had more goals than they had shots today. This is supposed to be the second place team in the Premier League. I don't think any Liverpool fan really took Leicester City as a title contender seriously. Kev, I the man we... sitting next to me had more farts than <laughs> they had shots on target. He had no. probably more farts. He's quite an old man. I feel sorry for him. But he had more farts than the goalkeeper had touches of the ball. That's amazing. I was going to ask you how, how it was in the stadium, but I guess that sums it up. Um, the <laughs> The... It's just, it's one of these things now where it's, this is twice we've played Leicester City off the park. I know we only won 1-0 on a penalty last time we played them, but we destroyed them. And today was just finally reaping the benefits. And I think we've doubled the goals conceded at the King Power t- Stadium for them, or close to it. Um, it's just, it, 
I was, I think we all have PS, PTSD from previous title challenges. And that's why people are really hesitant to say anything. But hearing Harinder say something like that for all of the travel and all of the things that he does for the team, it just, I, just, I, just, I don't see us losing the title this season. I, it just, we have a lot of games to go. We're not, I don't think we're halfway. Are we halfway now? Is this halfway point? The, uh, the, the gap is huge. Um, but on paper, Manchester City are probably still the best team. But they're just not playing like a champion, and we are. And, and I just, I, I think this is finally it. So I'm, I'm fully on board the Harinder Paji train that this is finally, <laughs> this is finally the year. Um, yeah, that today was a consummate performance. We absolutely destroyed them. Destroyed them. It wasn't even close. And we kept talking about in the Discord uh, groups about how we were missing so many chances and we had so many big chances in the beginning. And it just, but, and usually in past seasons, that would come back to bite us or we'd take the foot off the gas and it would come back to bite us. But today it just kept happening over and over and over again until it finally, we finally got the goals we deserved. And it could have been more. This could have been six, seven, nothing. And, and yeah, 4 0 feels great. Boxing day. I'm all, I'm all, I'm having a good day today. And this just continued the day. Boxing Day and Brendan Rodgers got killed. Uh, you know what? Let's bring in Gags. You know, he's seen um, plenty title-winning sides. Talk to me. How are you feeling? Where I've are seen you at? one title-winning side. It pretty much lasted the last, the, the, the three, four years that it won. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is, um, like Paji said, it's, it's nothing like we've ever seen. But whilst we say that, we have to we have to keep saying what we've been saying, or myself and Sai have been saying, maybe even Rhodesy has been saying, on under pressure, this Leicester team's numbers, underlying numbers, have been over the top. Yeah. They are not brilliant. They are not the best. They keep people kept throwing it in my face on Twitter every week that they're, 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 they're going to be title contenders. And I kept saying, no, no, no. Fucking no. It's not true. <laughs> They are nowhere near our quality. There's only one other team that's our quality, and it's Manchester City. And I know they're miles behind, but they are the only side that is world-class in that league. It's no harm in saying Miles behind, but miles better than Leicester. Miles better than anyone else in the league. And you only got to play them once more. So when people say, oh, we've got to play City, we're fucking... 14, 13 points ahead. It's one game. If they had to play him five times, I'd get it. It's not Scottish League, mate. You know what I mean? We don't have to play to the four times, <laughs> for fuck's sake. So, point is, you've got to play him once. It's, 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 it's pretty much done. Now, the only thing that could stop us is injuries. That is the only caveat, yeah. is injuries. We've got a small squad. Minamina will help. But I just wanted to come on the pod and just say, I fucking told you so. I fucking told you so that Leicester were not title contenders. Top four contenders, yes. I have no problems with Brendan doing a great job. Well done. But just stay out of our fucking way, mate. Just stay out of our way because that's what it is. It's just you're going to get hammered every time. You got away with it, Anfield. The scoreline flattered you. The way we won flattered you. Have you seen the XG today? 3.7 something to 0.07. That's a shellacking. Yeah, and Harinder actually said not a shot on target as well. No, nothing. It's a disgrace from contenders. So let's not even call them contenders. This was just Liverpool going away from home and destroying a subpar team shown for what they are and Liverpool being shown for what they are, the best in the mother 
fucking world. You know what? I watched the game with my mum. She's a United fan. You guys all know this, right? And um, she was watching the game and she made the best observation of Vardy. She said, you know, he looks like Steptoe. I was like, yeah, we all know that. <laughs> and she goes, and he runs like an ostrich. I was like, I've never seen an ostrich run before, but I will pay close attention to his legs. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone can confirm this, is she close? Don't know, but maybe not. <laughs> Any ostrich experts out there? Yes, please, please reach out to us. We would really appreciate that. Harinda, so you've heard what everyone said. I'll let you have the final say. It's very simple. Redmen are absolutely amazing. This time last year on Boxing Day, we beat Newcastle 4-0. Today, we beat people who thought they could compete 4-0. They're second in the league. They're second in the league for a reason. They're not a shit team. They're a team that's had a lot of good run, um, good performances against teams that haven't performed. Simple as that. And Gags is 100% right. They came to Anfield and they were shit. But the press said they're so great because it's a British manager and all that kind of nonsense. All that bullshit has to get put to one side now. They're just being schooled by the best team in England, the best team in Europe, and the best team in the world. The only thing that's missing is for to be the best team in England and to be, and qualify for that being as a um, as a title is to win the title. So we might as well go and fucking do it to shut the fuckers up. Simple as. Yes, it's sir. It's been a fucking great day. I'm now going back to my brother-in-law's house, who's a Leicester season ticket holder. I'm not going to rub salt in his wounds because he's a great subtle the guy. He's a really nice guy. But I'm going to fucking take the piss out of him. I'm going to destroy him like we destroyed Leicester 4-0. Sorry, Taz. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. Well, you know what? Enjoy. Enjoy it. Have fun. Thank you so much for calling, Harinda. Be safe. And we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Because we're still going to be top of the league by the end of it. Lovely stuff. Right, Harinda. Thank you so much. So, guys, that was Harinda. He's asking the important question. Do you think we're going to do it? I'm asking all you lot that are listening. Are you as hopeful and optimistic? Let me know. Tweet us. You know, please interact with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Even if you're joining us live on Discord, massive welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Let us know. Do you think this is Liverpool's year? Are you this confident so early on in the season? Comment down below. We'll read some shout outs. Let's go on to our second caller. Joining us next is JD. JD, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nina. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure, JD. You know what? You sound really relaxed. So, you know what? I'm intrigued to see what questions, what you want to bring up with the panel. You are joined by Reese and Kev Hegarty. Well, I can say for sure, I'm definitely not relaxed. My heart is beating at a thousand heartbeats a second. I've been holding it in the entire time, but I just... For, we, I'm got 20, I'm t- we got a mutant here. A thousand beats a second. <laughs> I'm, um, <laughs> I'm 26 years old, and I have... The first title challenge I've seen for Liverpool was definitely the Rafa Benitez era, but I've seen, I saw the treble season. I've seen us have success, but Mm. I don't think I've ever seen a Liverpool team this good. And I generally think for me, it is a privilege to be a part of, you know, the fan base that gets to witness this. I, I feel like I'm witnessing something I've never seen before as a Liverpool fan. After all the pain, all the suffering that we've gone through with the Hudson era, my God, some of the players that we had, Thinking about Milano Vanovic and Voronin, my God. And then and now I get to see Trent Alexander-Arnold basically be Kevin De Bruyne at right back. And I just, 
And then just what we did to Lester, I just can't. The amount of hype that Lester had with all these players, Tielemans, Madison, Vardy's going to score a hat trick. How many, how many goals has Vardy scored against Liverpool now at home? He barely had a chance. So just to be able to sit there and watch that, and then it was just so easy. There was never any danger whatsoever. 4-0. I just I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin. I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to agree with you on on you know everything that you've just kind of said there. I mean, for me, um I'm gonna I'm gonna come to Kev first. Kev, um uh, you know, I think we've kind of, uh, I think we're all pretty much saying the same thing today. Like, this is the closest, you know, this was the challenger and they didn't even come close. And, you know, I guess what I'm going to have to do is try maybe dissecting that from, from the game and maybe take something from JD, what JD said there. For me, one thing that kind of really impressed me about Liverpool was um, was the fact that they looked massively press resistant. Yeah, definitely. I, well, I mean, I don't know if we gave them much of a shot I, I'd, I'd be curious to see what the guys uh, at least from our press the guys over on under pressure would say about from our side because i felt like we didn't really let up and usually we kind of take the the foot off when we're a couple goals ahead or a goal ahead but from their side uh, we were talking again talking to discord during the match that around 60 minutes it seemed like brendan took the leash off everybody so they had like I don't know, a couple of minutes where they, um, I remember the whole stadium was cheering a throw-in, which was kind of funny. Like, they won a throw-in off of us, which kind of sums up the match in general. But, um, yeah, they, they, they had nothing, again, nothing for us today. And we just, we just pressed them and, and pushed them and pushed them back further and further and further. And, yeah, they couldn't do anything. They had no shots in the first half, as far as I'm aware. And what did they end up with? Three total and none on target. There's just there was nothing from them today. I don't know if there's a lot to dissect <laughs> from them. They have a couple of talented players. Uh, you know, it's certainly on paper, not today so much, but uh, a couple of players I wouldn't mind seeing in, in on our side is you know coming off the bench and that sort of thing. But and but their Leicester City, this Leicester City team just reminds me of Brendan Rodgers' Swansea with better players. Um, you know, they, they sort of take up the same sort of tactics. They have relatively the same underlying numbers, uh, a little bit better, obviously, because the, the quality of players is better. But, um, yeah, they, I, I was nervous when we were 1-0 a half, thinking that something stupid was going to happen, like Vardy was going to let loose from 40 yards. It was going to take a deflection and, you know, fly into the back of the net. Um, and then we'd kind of have to keep pressing to find another goal. But... But it just never came. They they didn't have anything. Um, and even like the couple of times we relax, you know, Gomez and and Van Dyke kind of cleared up the mess in the back. And yeah, uh, Brendan's Leicester City was uh, was nothing. We, as I said, we I think we they had they conceded five at home all season, and now they've conceded four today. There was they had nothing. I, <laughs> I don't even know if I would call what they did pressing. Um, yeah. and we crushed them. Yeah, it's absolute madness. And Reese, I'm going to bring you into this as well. I mean, there was a lot of talk at the beginning of the season, you know, about Brendan Rodgers and, oh, they have the best defensive record, which which they did at the time. You know, they were conceding the least goals, but Gags has brought some of those facts to light, you know, against, you know, teams that are 10 men down, et cetera, et cetera. You know, um, Fortune did favour them. Um, you know, to me, uh, you know, uh, Kev just kind of highlighted there that it was more of a case of, like, Brendan Rodgers and having, um, you know, a more... 
refined version of his Swansea team, you know, that exciting, young, prospect kind of team that he had at Swansea. And he's kind of implementing the same things. For me, I take it from a Liverpool perspective of how his team kind of rolled over because apart from that great, great season that we had under him, Liverpool did fold against the big teams, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I think I think there's part of him, that's the scepticism around him getting another top job again, is that he hasn't really cut his cloth right at the top level. Obviously, he did great with Liverpool in that 13-14 season. But other than that, he's really, like you say, he's struggled against the big teams. Um, and I think that's something we saw today, really. I, I like, like Kev said, I don't think they registered a shot in the first half. Liverpool registered 15 in the whole game and six of those on target. I, I can't think of a performance from Liverpool recently that's been that dominant. So I think they played very well against Bournemouth and very dominant, but that's against an injury hit um, Bournemouth side. But for this Liverpool team to produce a performance like that against Leicester, I think that will probably do quite a lot of significant damage to them for the rest of the season. I think it will be quite hard for them to come back from such a crushing defeat, really. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think so as well. I kind of uh, do little previews on Instagram, and I kind of spoke about this game. And I, you know, and you know, given the fact that Leicester City were on the back of a fair few, you know, disappointing results, of course, the draw against Norwich City, and then the absolute hammering against Man City over the weekend, um, you know, and Liverpool coming back crowned as world champions, it was possibly the worst time to play the league leaders. So you know, all those things kind of were in Liverpool's favour, and you know, the Stockford must be, you know was pretty much um, against Leicester City from, from the get-go. JD, you've heard what we've said. Um, we actually agree with you in the sense that this is probably the, the most fun time to be a Liverpool spot. I'll let you have the final say before we move on to our third caller. Uh, sure. Um, just a note, and then I have a question to end up on. Um, mm-hmm. Just the fact that Fabinho's not here, Matip isn't here, Oxley chamberlain is out. We still have Fabinho to come into this team, and we just virtually embarrassed Leicester to a degree where the fans were just silent for the entire second half. I don't think I heard a peep from the fans whatsoever, and that stadium is normally extremely loud. So just every single player on the field was just excellent. I also like the point where you mentioned how press-resistant Liverpool were. It got to the point where I was looking at Henderson, and I was thinking, why is he playing like Andrea Pirlo? Like, what is what is going on here? It was It was a little ridiculous, but... I think one one thing I really wanted to highlight was um, Nabi Keita, seeing him cement a first-team spot and then perform in the way we know he can to the point where he's basically walking in slow motion past Leicester midfielders in D.D. Madison. That gave me so much hope because it's like if he hits form, nobody has a chance. No one in Europe, no one in the world, no one in England. Nobody has a chance if Nabi Keita mm-hmm. hits form. So I just wanted to know how excited you guys were with Nabi Keita's performance today. And do you think uh, he should have been taken off? Um, I think it was probably a wise idea to take him off, given that he's not had a huge amount of game time um, for a sufficient period of time. And I think the fact that we've got so many games coming up, it was probably quite a sensible decision. Um, but yeah, I thought he played really well. Um, he had more take-ons in the first half than, le- than the entire Leicester team had so that, that tells you how dominant and impressive he was. But what I quite liked was the fact that he looked a lot more confident on the ball. He took those risks that means that he can get to his full potential. And I think that's probably the best performance I've seen from him in a Liverpool shirt. 
yeah, he's been absolutely in- incredible. And you know what, Kev, I'm going to come to you because I think Reese has made a really good point there. He, I think he was subbed more for the reasons of so many games coming up. We also need to remember as well, he was actually playing a fair few minutes out in Qatar as well. And I think one thing that the fatigue guys always mention, and certainly Gags, and he's probably listening to this right now and thinking it's all about managing minutes. And if Liverpool are yeah. in a really comfortable position, you take the guy off. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's load management, right? So... He played in in Qatar, and he, you know, he's basically playing every game now because we're kind of short staffed in the middle. Um, he needs to start against Wolves, I would imagine, and and that's the reason Mo came off as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd no, say it's great. sixty minutes again. You'll get another sixty yeah. against uh, Wolves. I don't think. Uh, I think he'll play it really clever with Kate and give him time, but not full, not the full game each for these ones until um, until Sheffield United, and yeah, then we'll, we'll be... probably see him rest against Everton. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, that's probably how it's going to go. And, you know, once Fab comes back in and we can kind of move and hopefully Henderson is injury, it looked impact to me. Um, I don't know. I'm not an expert. So hopefully that's new bad, not too bad. And we kind of shift people around a little bit and give them the rest that they need because you know, Ox is injured now and, and that sort of thing. But yeah, no, he's been, he's been great to watch because he's obviously, and I agree with uh, what the guys were talking about is that you see those sort of chances that he's taking dribbling and passing and that's one of the reasons that he was signed if you read that i think it was a new york time piece new york times piece by rory smith and he, he was interviewing ian graham i think it was ian graham um about why they picked up on Cato was that his passing percentage completion was really low his completion percentage i should say was really low but what they found is that he was it was low because he was attempting these really high risk high reward passes um and he and they signed him because he could see those passes, right? I mean, one of the many reasons that they signed him, but, um, and we're starting to see that a bit more. He just sees things that other people don't and his positioning uh, offensively is really great. And, you know, his, his defensive positioning has kind of came up a whole nother level under Klopp. And uh, I think now we're kind of seeing him in these 60 minute appearances and, and we'll just manage him to the end of the season. And he brings a whole new dimension for us. So it's uh yeah, he's great to watch. Um, I'm finally happy he's here, and we can stop complaining, or people can stop complaining that he's, uh, you know, just just sitting on the bench or injured or that sort of thing. Hopefully, all that's behind him now. To be honest, I think give him a rest, play Lalana. I don't think anything can stop us right now. Even a Lalana can't right. stop us. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even <laughs> joking. Is a full-on believer. Yeah, yeah right, I like, honestly I, think I'm not joking. It's 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 that bad right now for yeah. every other side. They might as well pack up and go I'll home. Take Snide Lalana, where he just fouls people yeah, for no, fun. But <laughs> one thing, Lalana will run his ass off. The, yeah, you know that's what? True. He's there's, annoying. There's, so. What everybody else is coming around to the fact too is that the defense is elite, the forward line is elite, the midfield just runs. The midfield just runs and runs right. and runs, and it doesn't have to be high quality, but he gets the job fucking done. Yeah. So I think if you get another runner in there, he's just going to run and run and run. If he breaks, so be it. As long as someone think, else gets a rest. But I, I just feel like right now there's a wave and I think any player that comes in is going to ride it. Yeah. Do you get me? Can it's I just so high. Steve Pizza has been typing for about five minutes. I've been waiting in <laughs> anticipation. And he just wrote, even Lalana can break this team. So he just basically quoted um, uh, quoted gags there. Steve, my God, you kept a girl waiting and hanging and that's what you come up with. I expect better from you, Pizza. Disappointed with that one. I'm going to go back to JD. JD, you've heard what the lads have said. I think a lot of the talk about Naby Keita was quite critical because he was always injured. But I think, right. you know, all that he needs was 
was a run of form and a run of um, good fitness and Klopp managing his, his minutes intelligently, which has certainly been the case. I think he's been massively unlucky in terms of like he's played really well and then he gets injured and then he's out again. He adds so much diversity to that midfield. You know, he's, he gives you that creativity. I mean, that pass to Salah in the first half was just absolutely magic. Um, he's just incredible. He dribbles. He does everything. I want to have. I want you to have the final say. You've heard what the lads have said. I think it's more Klopp managing his minutes. That's why he was subbed rather than, oh, you ain't playing well or I need to hook you. I think it's just we're quite short in the midfield and Klopp has to be quite intelligent. No, you're. You guys are absolutely right. Everything you guys said about Keita really just managing his minutes. That's absolutely correct, especially since we're playing Wolves on the 29th. So, not that much time for recovery. And um, Keita, when he, I remember when he was playing for Porto, when he played that Porto game, he had another great game. And then afterwards, he started really well against Barcelona, and he got hurt. And then that's when we didn't see him again for God knows how long. And it seems like that form of Keita is coming back again, but he's fit. And Klopp is now managing his minutes, so I generally think for the rest of the season he may be a first-team starter. And for me, that's just – I don't think it's fair to the Premier League. I think that's not fair whatsoever, but I don't care. I just want the title, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a damn. No um, fair on the Premier League. <laughs> it's I not It's it. not fair because <laughs> what you were mentioning about how Liverpool's midfielders, they all run, they're all workhorses. Imagine having workhorses that are supremely technical on the ball, and then you have people like Nabi Keita and Wijnaldum and Fabinho. Then it's just it's just a point where it's like the moment Liverpool step on the field, you know you've lost. It's over. Don't even try. It, Leicester had a good 20 minutes in the beginning, and Liverpool just said, okay, keep trying, keep trying. Oh, it's not going to work? Okay, here we go. We're going to score. And then it's over. And it's going to happen like that over and over and over again to the end of the season. I think Liverpool are going to win the title. I've been scared to say it for so long because I've been hurt way too many times, especially after 13-14. But today, I can say that with confidence. We're going to win the title. It's over. All I'm going to say is this, because this pod is a little bit everywhere. You know what kind of confirmed it for me? Milner comes on, you get a penalty, <laughs> your main man's on, and he's you know he's going to score. I mean, yeah. if that isn't... Prove that there is a mighty power above us that wants us to do it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> the Ribena gods. Yeah, the, the black current gods. You know, like it's 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 meant to be, but no. Um, I have to agree with you. Um, JD, thank you so much for calling. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. He had a great voice, JD, just so you know. Indeed? I thought you were the host of my show. I might get some more listeners, you know. Come on, take it. It's yours. Call in again, JD. Call in again. We like you. We'll we'll do. Thank you, guys. It could be AI after hours and he just plays some, like, banging tunes. (laughs) Some slow jams. Yeah. I think so. I think we've got something there. Okay, so that was JD. We we like his voice. We're going to move on to our next caller, our final caller. Steve Pizza, I can confirm, has asked a really intelligent question in the chat box, which I will ask once we deal with the callers. I think our last caller right now is Rakesh. If anyone wants to call in from Discord, please feel free. Drop us a line. We'll get you on. But right now we are joined by Rakesh. You there, buddy? He just needs to unmute, I think. Unless he's gone for a... There he is. Hey, guys, how's it going? Nanine is gone. Hello? Hi, I can't hear anyone. 
Yeah, can I can hear you. me speaking. Can you anyone hear me? I can hear yeah. you now. Hey, Nina. Hey, guys. How's it going? Awesome, awesome, awesome. How fucking awesome. I've got to say, I'm a, I'm a fully signed up member to the AI Orient Express with Gags and Harinda, um, First Class, Sleeper, the whole shebang. We are winning this fucking league. There's absolutely no doubt about it. I, I've thought it since, the, uh, since City drew Newcastle, but there's no chance we lose it from here. I can't believe it. I, I will... Yeah, I don't know what I'll do if we don't win it from here, but there's no chance. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are kind of feeling that. And Rakesh, um, any takeaways, any questions from the game? Yeah, absolutely. The, the, my main question, and again, this, is gonna, this might sound a bit big-headed or a bit preemptive uh, or presumptuous, rather. Um, my main concern now that I feel like we've won the league is if... The, the gap either stays the same or grows to a point where it might affect our focus for the Champions League game because we know, you know, in, in you get in leagues like in France where teams are so far ahead, like the PSG, for example, that um, sometimes their focus goes a little bit off in the big Champions League games because that's the thing that I think not we need to be turning our attention to, but um, is going to be a challenge to kind of get up and, and reach those heights. So I just wanted to see what, what people's thoughts were regarding that. Can we still get up for those ultra big games in the Champions League um, now that I feel like to a certain extent the gap is too big and we're going to cruise the league? You know what? That is an absolute fabulous question. Reese. I'm going to come to you first because, of course, I think that the the kind of teams that um, uh, Rakesh is kind of of mentioning there is like your PSGs and your Bayern Munich. You know, those teams that kind of walk it quite easy, don't really have to stress out too much. I kind of did the the Champions League preview Euro Incision podcast where we were kind of looking at everything. And, you know, I, I thought maybe if, um you know, Liverpool are so advanced in the league and with, with the injury crisis and Liverpool having quite, um you know, a smallish squad in comparison to maybe a Man City, I, I thought it would actually favour Liverpool to kind of, have that foot off the gas on the league and just kind of focus on Champions League. I think it gives Liverpool more momentum. But it's quite interesting that Rakesh there is using the example of a team like, you know, like the Paris Saint-Germain and, and you know, your, your Bayern Munich who, who don't get challenged. So therefore, their intensity kind of drops. It's a really interesting sort of um, flip of the coin. So where are you on this? It is interesting. I think... I, I don't think there's a better manager in world football to get you up for a game than Jurgen Klopp, especially with Liverpool's Champions League record the last two seasons getting to the final and obviously winning it in Madrid as well. Um, my one concern after winning it in Madrid was that there would be a bit of a drop-off in hunger, but this group of players is is excep- exceptional and I don't think there's going to be any sort of drop-off. There's no let-up, in, just purely in the way that Liverpool play their game. There's the the pressure, the pressing is just phenomenal. And I think the fact that they've won it in Madrid, um, as the players have said themselves, only gives them more hunger to go and win it again. Um, and let's, let's, not be, um, let's not kid ourselves about the league. We've lost it from um, similar positions before. I know this is what looks like an unassailable lead, but Liverpool would be so uh, determined to get themselves over the line. And I think they'll keep on doing that until it's mathematically impossible for anyone to catch them. 
I'm totally with Reese on this. I think Liverpool won't let up. There's a hunger, there's a drive, there's a passion. You can see it every game. What Milner said at the end of the game, we just listened to as well. They will not stop until that tick is done in the box Premier League champions. So yeah. don't worry about it. Honestly, they won't stop. And like I said, injuries is the only worry now. Yeah. Yeah. Injuries is. And Kev, I'm going to come to you because, you know, for, for so long, I remember when I used to do this podcast and I say, the thing that this team is lacking is winners. And of course, you know, Jurgen Klopp in his first season makes two finals. Um, unfortunate, loses them both. They win the big one, Champions League. And then from there, you know, going on to win the Super Cup, going on to become world champions, you know, a really, really healthy point gap in, in the league. And, you know, here's a here's a debate now. You know, I'm I'm thinking one thing that it actually eases the pressure off Liverpool if the fact that they have a healthy gap, which means they can really focus on Champions League. Because I thought with Liverpool having the squad size that they do, they can only focus on one or the other, you know, with all the injuries and stuff. But if Liverpool have been so fortunate in the league that they can kind of run off with it. So where do you sit with this? I mean, I, I think Gags is right. And I think Reese is right. There's a real hunger. Yeah, there. it's what Klopp does, right? And, uh, honestly, that <clears throat> I know we, some of the sort of media outlets made a kind of a big deal out of it. And some of the fans are a bit confused about it. But that doubters to believers comment was like a turning point. It's it's crazy that he like he knew Klopp's known what he was trying to do the entire time. If he didn't, he wouldn't be one of, if not the best manager in the world. But it's he's made us all believers, and I think he's made the entire dressing room believers. And he will not he's not going to let them stop. We're relentless, and Klopp has sort of a, a history of just his players are relentless. That those Dortmund teams were relentless to the point where they burn themselves out, um, which is a possibility, but. It, it, it'd be fine to burn yourself out after you win a couple of titles, won't it? Um, it it's We're not going to say, I think Reese is correct. I think Gags is correct. It, this team, as, as Reese was saying, we could have dropped after Madrid. You know, it, there can be a drop off um, after something like that, but it, we just never stopped. We never stopped even when it was the slightest chance we could win the title against Manchester City <clears throat> last season. And we're not going to stop now that even that we have a, a um, this sizable lead. And I, I still have this back of the mind nervousness. And again, it's that PTSD of being a red for your entire life, but it's, I think we're going to, I think maybe the league will finish closer than we're right now, but that's from here. City have to be close to perfect from here. There's such a gap and we still have to play them. So even if they beat us, um, Probably won't. it won't, it's going to be worse. You think so? Yeah. They want the title. They want the champions league mate. And uh, you know, they're yeah. going to have us to battle for that as well, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's us going there, seventeen points ahead, and making it to making to you know make trying to make it twenty. It yeah. just it just they they tomorrow is big. They might drop right. points at Wolves. You'll see, and we got a game in what we what we what we're all forgetting is we got a the fucking game, game in hand. hand. I know. I keep forgetting when I looked at the table and I saw Leicester in second. I went nineteen games. What the? Oh yeah, <laughs> but it's. Yeah, it's, I mean, maybe, maybe, I know Pep's like kind of a perfectionist and, and that sort of thing, so maybe he doesn't want them to act like that, but he's at City to wit, to make them, you know, a European giant or whatever, and they just haven't done it yet, and we did it with Klopp. And you Wait. know what, he desperately wants to do it as well, because, you know, yeah. he's only done it at, at Barcelona, right? So, you know, right. but there's that angle as well, like, oh, hang on a minute, I, I can win a Champions League, and it's not about Lionel Messi, it's about me, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, true. And I mean, all these managers have a certain level of ego that they're trying to, you know, massage. And I think the Champions League is certainly his, and that's what he wants. But it would be hilarious if we walk it, we walk the title, and then they just crash out of the Champions League. But you know, that would just be icing. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think I think we're just a machine now, and it's going to get to a point that, and it's going to be the first time in a long time that teams might start rolling over. Like we might beat them before we even walk on the pitch, and that feeling is, hasn't been around in a long time. Usually it's the teams used to do that for city and they would, you know, gear themselves up to, to play us. And I think we're getting to the point now where they go, what, like, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do against this team? They just don't stop winning. Um, and I, I think we're getting to the point now. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a hell of a ride. <laughs> it is a hell of a ride. You know what, Rakesh, you've heard us there. We kind of think that, you know, these, these lads are just too hungry now. They've got a taste of winning and they've got that winning winning mentality and, you know, things are clicking nicely for Liverpool. So you, you've heard what everyone said. Um, uh, I'll let you have the final say on, on the question that you presented to us. Well, yeah, I, I it does make me feel a little more comfortable hearing what the guys have said. Um, I think you're, you, you're 100% right when you say that if there's any manager or any person who can get this team up um, for a single or, or one-off tie, um, it's definitely Klopp. He's not going to let them slack, even if the intensity drops a little in the league, because just because we're not being chased as uh, as closely as we were. Um, and yeah, with regards to the, the league title being done, the, the 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 thing is, I've never I've never seen Leicester as a legitimate challenger. Um, I always felt yep. that they would drop away, but I thought City could be a challenger up until that game where they drew uh, with Newcastle. And to be honest, I'm with Gags as well on this as well. I can only see the, the I can't see the, the the gap getting any smaller. They're so susceptible to dropping points that I can't believe they'll go perfect. I'm not sure they'll score a single point more than us for the remainder of the season, let alone 14 or whatever, 11 plus uh, the game in hand. So, yeah, league's done. Uh, Champions League is um, going to be exciting. I hope we can do both. I think we all shared those sentiments. I, I don't want to pick one either. Both, please. We can do it. We've got it in us. But Rakesh, thank you so much for calling. Thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate it. Yep. Have an awesome time. Enjoy that. Okay, so that was Rakesh so far, our last caller. I did have a question from Steve Pizza. So you know what? Let me scroll up my chat. Jeez, you lot type too much. Where is he? Aha, here we are. Okay, so Steve Pizza Cat Callers, Reese, I'm going to come to you first on this one. Given how good this team was today, and assuming Fab comes straight back in after injury, you'd ex- you'd expect that because I think he's massive on this, of part of the spine. Where the hell does the panel put Minamino under the Christmas tree? Merry Christmas, everyone on AI. Um, uh, I hope you had a wonderful one too, Steve. So, Reese, um. That question to you, um, Minamino, he's a diverse player. He could play at right. I mean, I think Klopp has a lot of flexibility with that kind of player, but talk to me. What do you think? Yeah, I think it will, it'll all depend on what Klopp wants to get out of him, really. He's obviously seen something in him, um, just like he has with Cater and the other players he's brought in um, from abroad that we've not really seen before. Um, personally, I think he's going to be a good rotation player. From what I've seen of him, he's a really high-energy player and one that will fit quite easily into Liverpool's system. Um, but I think Klopp is, from well, from the players we've seen at Liverpool, he's been so good at developing players and 
making them into whatever he needs out of them, really. So I think um, there's no way he's going to get into our starting team as of now. Um, it'd just be a case of wait and see for what position um, Klopp has in mind for him, really. I, I'm not completely sure, but when Fabinho does come back in, I'm looking forward to seeing um, that competition for places because we've got, in midfield especially, we've got an abundance of talent and when we aren't plagued with the injuries we've got at the moment, there's a huge amount of talent to choose from and that can only be a good thing. Absolutely. We always say you need you need depth. And Kev, I'm, I'm going to come to you because for me, like, I think it's going to be a case of, um, you know, Fabinho, of course, he just walks straight back in, right? It's going to be him. And I think it's either going to be Ginny and Hendo. I think there's going to be a lot of rotation in those regards. I think there's going to be a lot of rotation with regards to Keita and Ox. And I think um, uh, Minamino, what he'll do is he could play out, right? Like today, Mo Salah came off. And, you know, if, if Minamino was eligible to play today, you've got a like-for-like like kind of player in that specific position. You can also tactically make it a bit more flexible, play him as a number 10 as well. So naturally, he's a massive upgrade on Adam Lallana, who looks like he's going to be going. There's so much Jurgen Klopp can do with a player like Minamino. I think the players that we're buying now are like kind of flexible tactically, you know, they're not just basically, um, you know, specialists in one kind of position. I think Jurgen Klopp, you know, kind of requires a lot from his players. So I think, you know, I think Reese is right. There's going to be a lot of like sort of a rotation and he might be a player that comes on off the bench, but what quality he would bring. Yeah, I think he'll I think he'll take his time, like he's done with you know pretty much everybody except Virgil. Um, and you know he's got to he plays a similar system, but he's still got to sort of nabby, and he still have to adjust to the to the way Klopp actually wants you to play. Um, but I remember seeing um, uh, his name escapes me. He used to be like a sort of an online stats analyst guy, and now he is a assistant coach or assistant manager somewhere in the world, I think in the German league. can't remember his name. But anyway, he coached uh, Minamino. I you were talking about that egg, the one that always used to bash. Um, uh, no, no, not, not, that, not that guy. What do you mean? Simon Brunner's his best friend. Yes, um, yeah. Uh, Raymond Zahayan or whatever his name is. Yeah, no, not him. Uh, one of the guys, I think he may have worked at Statsbomb. I can't remember his name. But anyway, he uh, he coached Minamino and he said they used him everywhere. Like he played fullback, he played midfield, he played forward, he played as the 10. You know, and the kid's just so diverse and, you know, he's so talented all kind of all over the pitch. And if he can adjust, which I assume he will because our transfer, you know, department, whatever you want to call them, has kind of hit every single thing they've done for the past three years or so. Um, he he could be a real asset. And as you said, we can kind of play him wherever. He could help come off the bench and rest. He could start as soon as he's up to speed and give players, you know, 60 minutes rest, and then they come off for the last 30 for him. He's just, uh, yeah, he'll, um, he'll, he'll, he'll fit in real well. And uh, he seems clever. I didn't know much about him until we played him, but he looked excellent against us, I have to say. And then I did my YouTube scouting. And he looks great. He looks like seriously talented. Um, you know, it's just, it'll be really great if he can kind of settle quickly and seems like he speaks English and, you know, he can hopefully the the lads kind of bring him into the dressing room like they've done with everybody else. And yeah, I can't wait to see him in the red shirt and hopefully he can bring something, but I think he'll, I think it'll just be sort of rotating in and, you know, when we need him, we got, we do have a small squad and the, uh, you know, he's super creative with the ball and obviously he can score goals. He, he did it all over the Champions League. And yeah, I can't wait. He's going to be fun. And, but at this point, as everybody said, it, it's just 
it's good to add to the squad when you're still in multiple competitions and you have the ability to win a couple of more, you know, hopefully the Premier League and then who knows, you know, there's Champions League still out there. If we get past Everton, then, you know, the Cup's out there as well. Um, yeah, I like him. I like him a lot. So he's, yeah, wingback, as Gag says. I know he played wingback or something like that. But, uh, yeah, he looks great. So I th- I just think, to answer the question, I just think he'll he'll rotate in slowly. And once he's up to speed, we'll just, Klopp will just take the leash off like he does with everybody else. And we'll see what the kid can do. Yeah, Umbilical Boy's got a kind of follow-on question to that as well. And um, he wants to know, can we use Amin Amino to, to rest Roberto Firmino? I mean, like you guys, I've already seen Minamino when he's obviously played against us. And I think that's really like um, a small sample size to kind of really kind of, you know, to get to know a player, you know. And uh, lucky for me, I got to speak to someone that watches him week in, week out on um on Euro Incision, it was Tom Midler, and we spoke about him. And, you know, his his blueprint and the things that he does, you know, the fact that he's got an eye for a pass, we already know he's got pace, he's got, you know, he's smart, he's intelligent. And, you know, when, and when I kind of spoke to Tom, we kind of said, like, oh, my God, he could really compliment Roberto Firmino because what Roberto Firmino tends to do is when things aren't going Liverpool's way in the midfield, he kind of drops deep. So if he's got that kind of smart, intelligent player who's playing just behind him, I think they, they work together really, really well. And I think, you know, if, if you are in a position that you're going to have to sort of um, drop a, a player in, in Roberto Firmino or rest Roberto Firmino, I think as a number 10 role, I think that's where he'd probably really, really kind of flourish. I don't, I don't know an awful lot about him in, in, a, in a number nine or a false nine. That'll be really interesting to see how Klopp does that. But, you know, some of his um, work ethic, a lot of it is very, very similar to Roberto Firmino's. Personally, I like to see both of those crazy arseholes on the pitch together. I, I think it would cause absolute mayhem for oppositions. It'll be really interesting. Bert and Billical Boy, thank you so much for your question. Really appreciate it. Guys, any more questions? Type them down below. Let us know. Gags, what's what's your take on the Minamino before we kind of um, talk about Trent Alexander-Arnold? Hold on, I need to mute my TV. It's all right. Yeah, muted. Uh, Minamino, I think I've been typing in there. I think he's going to be an all-rounder. I think we've we've signed him for a reason. There's no way Edwards would get this done middle of December and, you know, go to the... It's 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 one of them like VVD. We got it done early in December before January turned up. We wanted to get it done. We wanted to get it out. Same thing with with Minamino. We wanted to get it done. We wanted to get it out. It was cheap. Um, it just has it just smacks of something. Whereas you know I don't I don't think anybody else is coming in Rowan in January. But this guy covers everywhere on the pitch, and I think he can just slot in and give one player a rest a game, you know, and if you just say Minamino plays three, four games a month, it means you have a couple of players or a player basically missing 90 to 180 a month or at least resting for that that time. And what that does is it takes a thousand minutes off over the next five months off those players. A thousand minutes, 180 minutes a month off someone. It's a thousand minutes. It it just keeps them fresher. It adds more legs. When we do fatigue index pods on AI Pro, folks, and if you're not subscribed, why not? It's Christmas. You should sign up. You know, um, I'm putting index.com forward slash join. Sorry, I have to put that in somewhere. Uh, basically, on those pods, we talk about how you know they're maxing out their minutes. They're they're max. Basically, the players are already at 
a certain, you know, percentage or, or further than they should be in terms of how many minutes played. And that's probably why we're so far ahead. And there might be something that brings it back into the mean. Maybe if we, if we tired and, you know, losing players to injury, which we have started to. So someone like this that comes in, hopefully Klopp plays him from the start. He brings him in, starts playing him in midfield, start play, plays him as a 10. We go to 4-2-3-1, which would be better for us because then we have less strain on the midfield, only two midfielders rather than three. So it means you have that one spare always if there's an injury. Go to 4-2-3-1, put Minamino in there as well, and then start using Shaq and um, Origi a little bit more as well because then you've got one of those players just resting. Only one of the front three rests, the main three per game. Just keep rotating that one out and you'll find that they stay fresher and you'll find that this guy is going to be great for us and we don't miss much because he presses too. So I honestly think there's there's a chance for Klopp here to play and rest and really go strong for the rest of the season in the Champions League and the Premier League and try to get a record and try to retain that trophy. Once we've got this one over the line, if we can get it over the line early, focusing on retaining would be massive. Yeah. Fucking massive, and a player like Minamino helps you helps you do that. Helps you do that because it just keeps players fresher and also Nin on their toes. If there's someone on the wings that's taking their 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 job or taking their slot, they will up their game by you know what? I've, I've upping, said that upping, upping the game, upping the game by just one percent for these boys where they are right now <laughs> is like fucking unbelievable. Yeah. I agree with you. You know, you're, you're more Salah and you maybe, for example, you're not maybe having the, the best of games. You look at that bench and you see your replacement. There's no time to be casual anymore because there's, there's someone there that is good enough who can do the job, you know, and that's a scary, scary thing. And if our front three is already amazing, sometimes they probably look at that bench and think there's no one there to challenge us. We're fine. We're cool. Lucky for us this season, two out of three have always been great at each time, or sometimes even three, you know, but two out of three have always been great. But the fact that you look at that bench and you see that guy, it will motivate you. It's a fact. Yeah, for sure. It's Just to circle back, the guy's name is Rene Merrick. He used to be at Salzburg, and now he's a coach at uh, Mönchengladbach. That's why he's he quiet all that time. Yeah, yeah, I was looking it up. He he's said, been on an AI pod as well. Has he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Dan no, Rhodes, real nice Dan guy, Rhodes but... um, did a pod with him for the Tompkins Times pod back in the day. It was amazing. Oh, right. Yeah, he's really great. But he said, uh, Minamio is an amazing player, very smart, fundamentally sound, great personality, coach's dream. Uh, he's very close, coachable. And then he said he's quite complete. He's normally best as a 10, but he can play forward or striker or winger. Um, and in our first season at Salzburg, he even used him twice as a wing back. And in the second season, he played eight in a four four two diamond. He's very smart, great goal scorer, scorer, uh, great scorer, agile and technically good. So it looks like we're getting uh, quite the little player here. I think it's very good to add on that as well is the fact that he he only cost seven point two five million pounds, and in right. the context of Liverpool, that's that's hardly anything. Cup of coffee to Liverpool. It really is, isn't it? And I think. The fact that he's just come to Liverpool, we could probably sell him for more than that tomorrow. Just the fact that he's been a Liverpool player for um, a day or whatever. But it's so low risk, and that that's only good for the club. If it doesn't come off, if these, if his we can't unlock his potential, or if it just doesn't work out for some reason, that does happen in football. It's very little money for Liverpool, and I think they probably would make their money back in an instant. So, yeah, it's just an amazing bit of business, really, and. 
one that can really get the fans excited without really any great expectations about it. I think the fact that it's such a low fee means that there's very little pressure on him to do well and fans hopefully can be patient and we can see the best of him um, when it comes naturally. Look at that. So much positivity. Yep, guys. So I think there's a lot of them. Uh, to answer your question, Steve, you know, th- there's a lot of them um, scope for this player and it gives Klopp the tactical flexibility kind of play up with the formation as well. Guys, let's go back to this game and let's kind of talk about Bobby Firmino. Um, I, of, of course, he got two goals today. Um, uh, Kev, I'll come to you first on this one. You know, he was pretty incredible in, in, in Qatar. And yeah. he seems to have carried on his goal scoring because before that, there was a lot of talk that he's not scoring an awful lot of goals. Um, of course, he's you know been really creative. He's been one of the top pressers. You know, he's doing everything that he can possibly can. He's a constant threat. We know he's a very intelligent player, works for the team. But two goals today, I mean... I I hope it kind of continues because I feel like when Bobby's in that form, everything just seems to be going just so much more better. Yeah, it was. I was so happy for him that he did what he did against Flamengo because being Brazilian, it's a big deal, you know. And he he wins a cup out of you know he wins a cup out of the deal as well. It's uh, I think before that he was kind of off it a little bit. His touch wasn't great. He wasn't making the best decisions. I don't know if he was tired or. You know, just, I don't know, I just wasn't having the best games I've seen him have. Um, I don't mind if he doesn't, sc- I mean, I like him to score goals, obviously, but um, not only for his celebrations, but um, I don't mind if he's not scoring that much because of Mane and Mo. Um, he kind of creates space and, you know, he's good with the ball and he usually makes the right decisions and, uh, you know, his runs and, and his pressing and all this is kind of key to what we do. And so I don't mind too much but for him to get two i'm just happy that he got two today you know he deserves it for all the work and uh, you know he's pretty selfless as a player and um it's always good to see him scoring and hopefully he just continues and we just keep continue to crush teams and they line up against you know the best front three in the world and they're terrified but even before the whistle blows um but i love bobby he's he's great to watch and uh yeah really happy for him today and he was he was really great today um everybody was great but there's, there's a couple we could single out but i'm sure we'll get to that for the men of the match we will absolutely. And Risa, I'd like to hear your thoughts on, on Bobby Firmino, just as a player and just his impact on this game as well. Because, because of course, before he scored his goal, you know, maybe Liverpool were a little bit, you know, kind of wasteful. Sometimes we can be a little guilty of that. And, you know, here we are walking away with four goals and Bobby gets, you know, 50% of those. So talk to me about just Roberto Firmino and just, um, just that, you know, what a unique player he is. Yeah, he, he's wonderful. And I think you can look all over the pitch and say, give a reason why someone's your favourite player. But I think he really is one of my favourite players in the team. He's just so, like you say, just so unique. But that touch for the second goal when Trent fired it across the area, he touches it with the outside of his boot and just sticks it in the top corner. I, that, that's, that, for me, sums him up, really. He's obviously scored the header in the first half. But before the game today, he'd only scored once in the last... I think it was 11 league games or something like that. But what a week he's had, having scored the winning goal at the Club World Cup. Um, and then, of course, scoring two tonight as well. It, it, I really hope it is um, a sign of things to come when it comes to him scoring goals. Because, yeah, he's a unique player, but scoring goals is what puts smiles on faces at the end of the day. And if he can um, contribute to that as well, that's that's only good for the squad. Um, and just to add on that, the fact that 
Mane and Salah probably did both have a bit of an off day today. It always seems to be one of the front, one of the front three just seem to always pop up with a goal or two or something important. But between the three of them, they always seem to have it covered. So I think that just sums up the strength we have in our front three at the moment. It's quite a luxury. I've I've got a theory (laughs) about all of this. You know, have you noticed that Bobby's new goal-scoring celebration buddy is Virgil van Dijk? I think Marne is off somewhere, like, sulking. Yeah, Mark is a funny one, isn't he? So unpredictable. But yeah, Virgil loves to get involved as well. I'd quite like to see him pop up with a few goals. He's scored um, a couple of goals when he was at Celtic and we know that he's got a terrific strike on him. But yeah, I, I think what you've touched on there with the goal celebrations is great to see the amount of passion that comes out of the team. And even with um, Trent scoring the fourth goal and replicating uh, Mbappe's celebration, I think... It's great to see, isn't it? And he's just tweeted just now saying anything Mbappe can do, uh, dot, 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 and then a laughing emoji. So Trent obviously himself as a right winger in the future. Somebody on Twitter put that the best gift was him doing that, so now everybody can Photoshop Mbappe's head on top. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to lie. Virgil van Dijk and his, you know, long legs doing fly kicks kind of worry a little that he might take someone's head off because he is that lethal. But no, it's absolutely incredible to see. I mean, let's let's actually talk about the man. I mean, Kev, you kind of just touched on him there. Yeah, and so did Reese as well. Trent Alexander-Arnold, I believe two assists and a goal. My God, what an incredible game he had. He was literally running the show, finding space all the time, accurate crossing, just had so much involvement in the game absolutely dominated it you know he looked unflustered throughout that whole game in my opinion just so easy for him yeah he's uh i don't know there's not enough support the kid he's 21 like (laughs) what were you what was i doing at 20 reese you're 21 what are you doing um, <laughs> I'm at university, so yeah. Well, probably a bit better than me at the time, but um, yeah, he's uh, this kid. He's incredible. It's like uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, Brundish has been putting out tweets left and right about him. Uh, you know, comparing him to Gerard at that age, and he, he's just the world is is in front of this kid, and I don't see a ceiling. And he could become the best player in the world and he's a right back, um, which is kind of crazy to say. Uh, Jamie Carragher tweeted that it's, we're the best team in the world in the moment and they're playmakers from West Derby. Um, it's, he, he's incredible. He had another incredible game today. Um, and I think Gags was saying earlier, you, know, you could try all you like to shut, to shut him down, but if that's your game plan, we have all these other destroyers on the pitch that are going to pick you apart. Um, and if you don't shut him down, it's going to end up four nil. So it's, it's, uh, the, the kid's got everything. I, I, I've never seen, I've never been more excited about a young player, you know, maybe ever. I mean, I remember I watched Gerard come up, you know, we're similar ages. He's a bit older than me, but, um, I watched kind of his entire career and I, I remember being excited, but that's different now. I'm like looking at a kid who's, you know, 14, 15 years younger than me and, I haven't been this excited about somebody in a long time and he just keeps getting better. And I, there's no ceiling for this kid. Um, so somebody put on Twitter, the picture of him with his celebration and he put, um, you know, he, he's, this looks like uh, uh, PSG have to put a bid in for this kid. If he's celebrating like that and somebody commented, that'd be a step down for him. And it's true. Um, 
this is where he needs to be and he'll stay here forever. And he's future. He should be future Liverpool captain, England captain, you know, captain of the world, captain America, if he wants to be (laughs) the kid's great. Um, and I love him and I hope he just continues what he's doing. Steve W said apparently Mbappe even liked that tweet as well. And he's actually put a screen grab of it. (laughs) of him liking it as well. So, you know, Mbappe 2020 looks like it's on people. Why would you go anywhere when you're at the World Champion and you're in your home club? Yeah. There's no way this kid leaves. He's going to be here like Gerard till the time where we say, we don't need you no more, son. And I don't think that's going to happen. This this kid is a European champion, a world champion, a Super Cup champion. He might just become, well, he most likely is going to become a Premier League winner at the age of 21. I think, I think we're already in the midst of a legend, folks. Yeah, you're watching it now. <laughs> sure. It's crazy. And remember, remember these times. <laughs> and Reese, just to bring you in, I mean, talk to me about Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think he's probably the most exciting, most creative. I mean, we're lucky. Both of our fullbacks are incredible, but I think the one thing that kind of really impresses me more than anything when you see like a young player take to the stage you're always kind of worried like is he going to be a little misguided you know is he going to get the right advice is his head screwed on I some when he I mean when you look at him he looks like a child a fact he you know and when he plays football you think you can't be that age what you're doing is unreal and then he speaks and he is so mature and wise beyond his years yeah he look he looks like he's been through all of this before in the past life sort of thing um but still thought, looks like Baby Yoda, which is so strange. He looks like a child. Yeah, I know. He's, he's it's crazy. <laughs> I think he's such a unique player and people always speculate over whether he's going to move into midfield or move to right wing eventually or become Liverpool captain, England captain. But the only thing I think about when people say that is enjoy now, enjoy what you're watching. Because like Gag said, you, we are in the midst of a legend and I think the form he's in at the moment, he's the best right back in the world and I don't think anyone gets anywhere near him um, and the amount of chances he creates and he's just carved out a position that no one else in world football can replicate um, and that in itself is a huge compliment given that he's only 21 right. but then for him on top of that to be playing for your hometown club obviously we saw with Gerald he, he never left Liverpool um, until we didn't need him anymore but I can't ever see him leaving. Gerard didn't leave, even when in the worst right. of times. So what it means to Scousers to play for Liverpool is something that I don't think many Very people true. really put into words. So the fact that we've got him and he's ours for what I would suspect to be 15 years or so is... is <laughs> That's crazy to say. <laughs> yeah. um, and I just, I feel like he's going to become... It's going to be... Sorry to interrupt you, but it's going to become like one of those things where you name the the position after him. Like, you know, like, oh, he's playing the Makalele position. I yeah, feel like yeah. this this sort of incarnation of a right back being your most creative player, having these absurd numbers of assists season upon season is going to become like the Trent position. <laughs> but the um, best parallel I can give it, though, Kev, is the Giggsy one, where Ryan Giggs came into the side as a young kid and stayed that six. 17 years and that 16 17 years was their time on top to find their time yeah it absolutely there was everything. one guy that was there from the start to the end of that massive golden era who yeah. who started it as a boy shout, left it as a man 
And that's mm. going to be Trent for and us. Just and left and, and destruction in his wake. <laughs> it's different. You know, he ain't going to shag no, you know, his brother's wives or nothing. So that, that's going to, that's definitely. <laughs> but what I mean is, it's just the point is, he's, he's not a winger or anything, but he's already doing that output, better output than maybe Giggs did at a time. Who knows? I mean, I haven't got the numbers, but this is unreal from a 21 year old. And I don't think Giggs won the Champions League till he was, you know, till 19. 96, so maybe he was 21, 22. 99, 99. Oh, 99. 99. Yeah. So he was way into his 20s, 23, 24. Yeah, seven years later. It. So this guy's won it in his first couple of years. So for me, it's very important to have that one constant throughout who can, who can drive. So if Klopp isn't here, but someone who can drive that, this is how it was, this is how it's going to be. And I am, I am your inspiration. I am going to be the guy that shows you because I'm the scouser in the team. And that's massive. It's massive that he's yeah. a scouser as well. It's, it's on, just, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's like fucking huge. Honestly, Trent is going to be massive for us and yeah. just going to be great. People are loving your shouts. Steve Pizza gigs, but better. Good call gags. That is um, a, a great shout gag. So well done. Right guys. I mean, I think we've kind of spoke a lot. I mean, there isn't an awful lot to say. People played really well. Uh, talk to me maybe about Jordan Henderson. I was a bit worried about him. Um, uh, do we think it's serious? Has anyone heard anything, Reese? Um, yeah, I think Klopp said um, in his post-match press conference that Henderson said he could have played on, um, but obviously he's not worth it given what's happened. Well, what's to come, I, sorry. But yeah, I, Hend- I wrote a piece of... Uh, about a week ago now on Jordan Henderson and his performances in the absence of Fabinho. Um, and obviously Fabinho's played that role as a six terrifically and he's really carved it out as his own. But I think the way Henderson's slipped into that role quite seamlessly in being able to um, just continue that momentum is such an important position in terms of setting up attacks and setting up the press as well. That the fact he's been able to do that is a testament of his character. And let's not forget that he was told by Brendan Rodgers that he was going to go out on loan to Fulham. So from where he's come from that moment and the amount of character he's shown, he's he's just terrific, really. And I, I think he's a great player and he's he's the only club captain I'd have at Liverpool because he's, he's just fantastic and he really knows what it means to play for Liverpool, which is a rare quality to have when you're not from the city. Mm, I love the fact that you said... Fantastic character, you know, a bit of... I was going to pick up on that too. I'm going to lie. That was brilliant. Ken, I'm going to come to you. I think, you know, Reese has made some really good points there. I think, you know, the the worst thing that you can... I mean, we've got... We've had so many injuries in the midfield. I think we all know this. And I think... you don't want to see any of your players injured. Uh, You know, and you look at Jordan Henson right now. He's in some great form. You know, like, he really does look like a player that is really kind of enjoying his football and I just think everyone's saying it's not too serious which I am absolutely delighted for because my god there's nothing worse than rhythm being disrupted by an injury we've seen it happen to the likes of like Naby Keita and Fabinho now as well you don't want it to happen to like a Jordan Henderson where he's out for a lengthy period even Oxley Chamberlain as well that was a really unfortunate injury you know out in Qatar so um, uh, you know your thoughts on Jordan Henderson? Yeah, it looks. I think Klopp said he had, you know, it was a shin thing, and he was bleeding, and he said he could have kept, you know, played on like like we said. But um, it's good to, you know, give him a rest as well. And, um, Jordan Jordan Anderson's an interesting character. We have a interesting relationship, myself and Jordan. Um, 
<laughs> he just continues to prove me wrong, and I hope he continues to do that. It's just, uh, you know, when, as as Reese was saying, like he was on his way out the door um, under Rodgers, and, and he kind of went like, no, basically I'm, I'm – I'm staying here. I'm going to fight for my place. And now he's a champions league winning captain. So, you know, I show you and he keeps showing me that he's this guy. His gags are saying, you have, we have an elite black four back five. And then we have an elite front three. And then who we fit in the middle, um, will just continue to run until you are exhausted and we win. Um, and Jordan's one of those guys. He will run through a brick wall for, for Jurgen Klopp and he'll run through a brick wall for this team. And as Reese was saying, it's, it's, it's interesting to have that sort of mentality when you're not from this city, you, you become a part of the club in a, um, in a big way and you kind of fall in love with the club and they fall in love with you. And I think that's kind of where Jordan's at. And I think he's a, so Jared's boots are, are big to fill because he was a leader by example. Um, we through some of our worst times, and he would kind of just drag us. Oh, don't get me started on Gerard. to victory. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but Jordan Henderson is sort of a man's man to man captain. He's better with the kids, I think. He's better talker. I, it sounds like he's great off the pitch mm-hmm. um, with them, and I think we need that between him and and Milner and and you know and Van Dyke's obviously a huge presence there, and you know there's a couple of others, but. Um, and I think with this group of players and with this team, we need a guy like that. I think we need a guy like Jordan Henderson. Is he the most skilled player on the pitch? Absolutely not. But does he do what we need him to in the time that we need him to do it? Every single time. I think, and, you know what the big difference has been, Kev? I think yeah. the big difference has been his passing. His passing has been so much better since he came back into this role. So much more forward yeah. thinking, so much more uh, risque, should we say. You know, it's not the safe, safe Henderson that we've seen. Um, I still think that Henderson's covering is not Fabinho-esque. I don't think his pressing no. is Fabinho-esque. I think w- the Watford game showed how much we missed um, Fabinho because we really should not have drawn uh, we won that game. That should have easily could have been a drawn draw mm-hmm. that game. It was tight, really tight. And then um, you know, in with Flamengo as well, you know, it just, there was times where we were getting walked through easily. But the point is, what was lacking last time from him, we can get by with that. We can get by with it because we're so good everywhere else. His passing wasn't always the best in going forward, but right now he's making a difference. With his passing, if you notice the yeah. goal that came from his passing to become world champions, you know, things like that. The, the, how many assists has he been getting over the last few weeks? You know, with that big long ball over the top, which is so accurate. Not that horrible curving ball. That is <laughs> the big Stop doing one. that, Hendo. We don't want to <laughs> go deep and play that long ball over the top for Mario Salah. Those are brilliant. And Ox, you know, recently against Bournemouth, those type of passes do them all day long. That's like Gerard esque. That's what well, we want. We want. You that were picking guy. up today in, in in the Discord chat that how often he went to Trent. Just every like, just get it forward, oh get it to Trent, and get it forward. Over so if and he over was and over. if he was high up the pitch, he wasn't doing it because there's no space. But if yeah, he's yeah. in his if we're in the center circle and Hendo got the ball, the first thing he did was look right, ping it to Trent, and that was that's the game plan against this lot. You know, <laughs> we, we need outlet to just, let Trent yeah. do the rest. Well, because and look how and look how it was today. It destroyed yep. Leicester. It destroyed them. So if you see the space, go for it. Hendo did exactly the right thing. He played to the strength, played to our strengths, Hendo, and that's all you need to do. And you know what? Last few weeks, he's been doing exactly that, so you can't complain. Yep. 
You absolutely can't. Guys, is there anything else you want to kind of talk about the game? Like your last takeaway, your last little bit of closure? I think we've kind of discussed... It was just so easy. There was like no controversial so anything in my opinion it was just like yeah okay whatever can we just talk about Casper Schmeichel Casper Schmeichel yeah, just had an interview before instead you, before you make the pod negative um, uh, you know I negative I know, no no I mean like because he is a negative energy Casper Schmeichel but <laughs> I just read a quick article because I'm obsessed with cats couple overjoyed as cat missing for seven years turns up in time for Christmas that just warms my heart now it's all yours Thanks. <laughs> Casper Michael got interviewed and actually said that we were well in the game until the ref wanted to make or decided to make it. What? What? 0.04 XG at that point. At that point, you had four percent chance of scoring with all your shots combined, and you thought that was well in the game. Get the fuck out of here, you cartoon ghost! Fucking idiot. We have more. We have more shots on target in the first thirty seconds than they did all match. It's fucking stupid. He's just an idiot, honestly. Just that's the only thing we can take is people being bitter. They're just embarrassed. That's all. Just we embarrass them at home. Embarrassing. <laughs> Listen, the delusion is contagious. It's gone to Casper now. <laughs> yeah. Did they win the? Um, uh, did they win um, uh, the? What do you call it now the possession stats, guys. <laughs> nope, they lost that as well. Actually, three thirty minutes in. They were way ahead in possession, and as soon as we scored, that was it. Game was over. They just dropped back, didn't touch the ball. We just absolutely smashed them after that. Because I was watching the stats as we went along the whole way through the game, and honestly, they just they just fell apart as soon as we scored. Yeah, beautiful things you can see about the Liverpool team is that they 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 seem to have these gears just like a car that when they need to click into action and get that second goal, they they go and get it like they did. Um, with the penalty, but they, they are just machine-like, like everybody says, they are mentality monsters, and when it was 1-0 and we missed a few chances, and even before that as well, they, they didn't seem flustered by it, and I think for me that was the main takeaway, was that there have been a few games this season where we've won 1-0, 2-0, or by just a goal margin, but to get that real thumping and that embarrassing our so-called um, title race contenders in their home ground was just fantastic. And I don't, I don't think there's a better way to move into what is another busy period than beating a Brendan Rodgers side who thought they could uh, catch Liverpool, which now just seems laughable, really. It does. You know what? Let's do that whole closure thing. So, you know, this kind of ties me in nicely. Like, so, of course, Liverpool win 4-0. If you watch the game in... The UK, Amazon Prime had all the rights to the Boxing Day games, so a lot of people just probably sat at home and watched a lot of football. I tuned in for the Liverpool game. Talk to me about this one because I felt like the journalists and the score updates were happening a lot quicker than we were watching it live, so I kind of knew the score before Liverpool scored, so that kind of killed the enjoyment and the buzz and the, the, the pure euphoria of Liverpool going ahead. That kind of killed it for me a little bit. Did you guys have a similar experience? I want to know. Yeah, I had something a bit similar with the um, the AI writers chat. A few people um, were putting in there when Liverpool scored that, and on my TV they hadn't scored yet, so there must have been a delay somewhere okay. along the line. But maybe that plays in into the hands of the 
the whole excitement of football going out the window a little bit with it becoming so commercialised and with VAR as well. You, there seems to be that he- hesitation to really celebrate a goal and to have that delay as well, that kind of added on top of it. I, I don't know about any of, any of the other guys, but for me, VAR has had a big impact on this season in terms of celebrating a goal, whether it's jumping around a, my living room or jumping around a pub or in a stadium. It it just seems to have taken a little bit of excitement away. But on the flip side of that is Liverpool have been beneficiaries of it on several occasions, so it's hard to really argue with it. But on the on the topic of uh, Amazon Prime's coverage, I thought it was really good coverage, like you say, Nina. Mm. Yeah, there was a little bit of delay for me as well, and I, I'm sure that'll be something they're keen to crack down on before they get their next game. Use it in a browser, folks, and it's um, it's only a few seconds behind. I was 75 seconds behind. I did the math. Yeah, I was 10 seconds behind. So if you use it in a browser on your laptop, that's the problem. On any kind of app on your phone or on TV, it's 75 seconds. Yeah, I, mine was on TV. Yeah, so we had that problem. Any anyone want to get anything off their chest before we go to man of the match? Any closure from the game? Kev, Reese, the floor's yours. Speak now, or you can never talk about this game ever again. <laughs> um, no, God, we were good. <laughs> that's God, we were that's good. it. That's There's it. One thing from me, um, Jamie Vardy was my one worry today. Uh, he's obviously top scorer in the league, and he's he's a real menace, but. I thought Joe Gomez dealt so well with him. I thought that was one of his best games. Obviously, he's come yeah. back into the side recently with Matip's injury. Um, and he probably he's probably nowhere near the man of the match discussion because um, there was so much good going forward. But I thought in terms of performances, just like that Flamengo performance that I thought was a coming of age um, on the world stage, I thought this was a real... He laid down a real marker for why Klopp should pick him above whoever comes back to be fit, whether it is Lovren or Matip. Right. I think the guys on UP were saying, like, he has to act like a starter now. Like, he's, you know, he has to act like he's not a youth player anymore. Um, And I think that's true. And in this performance, and, and, you know, and and previous one, I've kind of started to see that. Absolutely. Rowan agrees with you. Joe looks back to his best. Of course, we're talking about before he got injured. And I also believe, is this our, like, back-to-back clean sheets in the Premier League? Really? I haven't looked. It's been so long. I'm just making shit up. Is Watford the last game? Yeah, Watford was the last game. And Bournemouth before that? Yeah. Yeah, We conceded that one, so it's back-to-back clean sheets. I don't think Liverpool have kept two clean sheets back-to-back this season, have they? It's three. Three in a row. Three in a row. Oh, wow, even better. Come on, man. I'm the queen of stats. Then the goal, but so the last goal we conceded in the league, I think, was that Lewis Dunk free kick, which I think we all know. Shouldn't <laughs> yeah, shouldn't have happened. Yeah, so, you know, things are coming good for Liverpool. Right, guys, so we've got things off our chest. Um, I agree, um, Joe Gomez, um, uh, you know, you just hope that, you know, he, he manages to stay fit because that's always the worry with them, um, you know, our. <laughs> um, guys, you're man of the match. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I think I know where we're all going to go. Reese, because you're new to this podcast, who's your man of the match? <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's no real um, discussion for me. I thought there were so many terrific players across the pitch, but um, Trent, to have direct involvement in three three of the four goals, he's just 
he defies laws, really, doesn't he? The way he strikes the ball, whether it's four across, which he's done. Um, I think he's got, is it 18 or 19 assists now since the start of last season? Um, he's just amazing. And yeah, he's hands down wide man of the match. I, I don't think words can do justice what he does with a football. think a lot of people will agree with you on that one and what about you kev are you gonna go with our wonder kid are you gonna go somewhere else no it's trent 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 it's all it's yeah he's just so good and it's amazing to watch this kid do what he's doing with football and feel bad about yourself but (laughs) he's he's fantastic and i hope he's fit and healthy and he does stay with us for 15 years or whatever and then becomes a coach and raises a family and raises a bunch of players like him as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, he's great. It's Trent. Righty, hard guys. So Trent is our man of the match. Who's your man of the match? Man of the match. Do let us know. Comment. I'm sure you all agree with us. It might be Bobby. Let us know. Let us your thoughts. Um, let us know your thoughts. I'm literally everywhere. It is quite late, guys. This is the end of the Nina Kaza show. Before I let my guests go, I let them do their plugs. Reese, where can people find more of your work and where can people find you on Twitter? So your Twitter handle and all that good stuff. Yeah, so my Twitter handle is at underscore Reese Chambers. Um, I tweet a, a lot about Liverpool Football Club, as you can probably imagine. Um, and then also on Anfield Index as well. I do um, occasional pieces on there where I look at tactics and look at um, just players really. And my next piece if nobody else is doing it, probably will be praising Trent and how beautiful a football football player he is. So, getting um, there fast, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Well, there you know, Reese tweets about Liverpool. You're obviously a Liverpool supporter listening to this podcast, so do follow him. And I have to say, he was absolutely fantastic on this podcast. A flawless, a flawless debut. Hopefully, we'll be having him back. I'm sure you all want to hear him again. So, thank you so much, Reese, for joining us. And what about you, Kev? Where can people find you, your work, all that good stuff? <laughs> my work is funny. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Kev Hegarty. Uh, my work. Uh, nothing going right now. I need to get with Justin and the guys to, to get another USA pod together. So other than that, you can find me in central New Jersey in America, raising a two and a half year old. Give both of these guys a follow. Once again, a massive thank you to all the people that called in, all the subscribers that presented questions and joining us live again. Really appreciate it. Gags for dropping in and out. Love that as well. For my part, Keep it locked on AI. There's excellent content coming your way. Also, also, there is some fabulous content coming your way on AI Pro, so keep your ears open for that one. If you're on Instagram, check me out on Instagram. I do, like, daily videos and stuff. I'll, I'll be doing a preview, um, a review on this um, game as well. You could follow me on Instagram, at the Nina Kauser Show. That is my username, so do check that out. Give it a follow. Thank you so much for watch, um, listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed that result. It's incredible. It's a great time to be a Red. Till next time, I will catch you in my next post-match show, which will be Wolves. So, up the reds. Podcast Network.